The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. I'm Brian Sullivan, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show airs live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in. It is 5 a.m. at CNBC, still nighttime in Seattle, and here's your top five at five. Amazing Amazon firing on all cylinders and then some. Cloud up, online up, streaming, surging. So why is your guest throwing cold water on the report? Tech on a hot street, the NASDAQ on pace to do something it has not done in a couple of years. More on tech's remarkable run ahead. Bidding wars, all cash deals, and a race to build more. The red hot housing market getting even hotter. We're going to speak with one home builder CEO with an inside look at just how long it might last. Credit Suisse under fire, the scandal laden bank meeting today as yet another executive looks to be on the way out. And it's hard to be the happiest place on earth when you're closed for business. But that is all about the change today. On this Friday, April 30th, this is Worldwide Exchange. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome from wherever in the world that you may be watching. Happy Friday. I'm Brian Sullivan. Thanks for joining us here. We are going to get to the markets and your money in moments. But we start the show with some breaking news out of Europe on their economy. Let's get right to it get to Juliana Tatelbaum in our London newsroom. Juliana. Brian, good morning. So these are some fresh Q1 GDP figures that are just crossing the the wires uh, for Europe. The uh, EU statistics office saying that GDP uh, contracted 0.6% quarter on quarter uh, in the first quarter of the year for a 1.8% year on year fall. Now this contraction, no surprise given the restrictions that are still in place in the EU. The Eurozone's first quarter contraction mainly caused by a 1.7% slump in Germany. Of course, the region's biggest economy. We did see a surprise this morning on the positive side from France. The French economy actually grew 0.4 percent, so better than the market had been expecting. Now, more forward-looking indicators have suggested some encouraging signs for the Eurozone, in particular manufacturing. Germany, again, the Eurozone's largest economy, showing some particular strength in manufacturing. Supply chain issues, which I know you've been covering in great detail, have capped the strength in manufacturing in Germany. But still, we are seeing a recovery there. But the overall figure for GDP in the eurozone, a one point, the, the, the eurozone, a 0.6 percent quarter on quarter contraction for the first quarter. Brian. All right, Juliana Tatelbaum. There we go. Juliana, thank you very much. Certainly Europe, a little bit behind the United States, maybe the slow pace, the vaccine rollout there. Juliana, thank you. All right, back stateside, let's get a check on your Friday money on this final trading day of April. By the way, futures are slightly lower to end the week overall. Been another up week for stocks, though. Most stocks, in fact, all the major averages are higher heading into today's session on the month. It's also been a big week for earnings, too, with the busiest week, thankfully, almost behind us. We're just over halfway through the earnings season, if you will, and we're seeing, get this, the strongest average earnings per share growth, Since 2010, up 45 percent. 
the biggest EPS surprise factor ever, going back to 1994. The highest amount of EPS beats also ever, 87%. Look at those numbers, folks. Earnings up 45%. We're beating by 24% on average. And the greatest number of EPS beats at 87% ever. This could be the single greatest quarter for earnings growth and the economy and the consumer of all time. Also a big week, by the way, for oil. How about this? Every single oil or gas stock in America is higher this week. Every single one, over 100 names, with an average gain of 8% for the big majors in just four days. The week's not over yet. By the way, Exxon and Chevron both out with earnings in about two hours. And your stock of the morning has got to be what else? I mean, Amazon. If you thought the earnings numbers we showed you were big, look at this. Amazon sales surging 44%, obviously destroying estimates. Cloud sales were up 32%. Streaming hours, as we all sat around and did nothing, up 70%. And that stock up right now, about 2% to another record high. We'll get much more on Amazon throughout the morning. More proof. It is Amazon's world, and we're all just shopping in it. All right, we got some more breaking news to kick off your Friday. Credit Suisse board member and risk committee chairman Andreas Gottschling is out, officially stepping down amid shareholder rebellion over the Archegos scandal. Gottschling had been the target of a number of shareholders as a symbol of the bank's risk failures and bad bets, not only surrounding Archegos, but also Greensill. And that shareholder meeting, by the way, continues now. It is the latest exit in an ongoing saga at Credit Suisse, which lost tens of billions of dollars over really one or two bad trades. All right, let's get back down to the markets. And your next guest is at the top of his game right now, no doubt. Because M&A, corporate deal-making, is hot, perhaps hotter than it's ever been. And much of this involves the transformation of how we think about work, and think about business, specifically to becoming more sustainable. And if you have not heard about something called a sustainability-linked loan, an SLL, not the SNL, that's a show tomorrow night, SLL, get to know it. Let's welcome in Dan Barclay. He is CEO of BMO Capital Markets. Dan, good to see you again. All right, ESG we know is booming. A lot of people think it's hogwash, but sustainability-linked loans, SLL, very real, very busy, and I would imagine very profitable. Talk to us about what these are and how they work. Sure. Thanks, Brian, and thanks for having me again. Uh, the push on ESG uh, across the board uh, has been very powerful. Uh, I can't think of a CEO that we cover that isn't talking and thinking about it and finding ways to become more sustainable. Uh, one of the ways they're looking at is a way they finance themselves and sustainable linked loans. Uh, is a way to transform a, a piece of bank financing to demonstrate their commitments to sustainability. Uh, a recent one we did uh, on Gibson Energy uh, is one where they've got commitments to reduce their stage one, stage two greenhouse gas emissions, uh, a commitment to change uh, and update their workforce, uh, and third, to change their, their board. And so both in the E, the S, and the G, uh, it's one of the first for an energy company uh, to make these kind of bold commitments for a better future. Yeah, we're seeing, obviously, ESG, I mean, just absolutely boom. We've talked to a number of other banks, some of your competitors about it. Their business is booming. It's interesting you mentioned Gibson Energy. 
How are energy companies, even oil and gas companies, obviously many of whom are under fire from shareholders to, to change and to evolve and try to become more sustainable, how are they using products like that to alter or adjust or change their fundamental business? I think we've seen a, a monumental change in the thought process around ESG in the last 12 months. Uh, we've gone from a thought process, this is a penalty system where you're going to be punished if you don't do the right thing, to an incentive system where what people are seeing is a unique way to drive their business. And by looking at their business on a more sustainable basis or trying to reduce carbon uh, within their businesses, they're actually finding ways to innovate on how they run, actually expand their EBITDA margins, and produce higher profits. And so I mm -hmm. think that's a huge shift from you know 12 months ago to where we are today, where it's quite common uh, for a CEO to be looking at how yeah. this becomes a competitive advantage as they go forward. V very quickly, Dan, uh, how, how hot is the overall deal market right now? Uh, I was reminiscing with some of my, uh, my leaders in the last couple of days. I think it might be as hot as it's ever been in my career. And, you know, it spans 30 years. Wow. And we have amazing activity. And, you know, it's all driven around confidence. Uh, people believe the world will be a better place 12 months from now, 24 months from now. And that spurs them to take risk and take action. Uh, they can grow organically. So invest uh, and expand or they can expand their EPS mm -hmm. by buying. And we're seeing lots of people uh, step up to take risk and grow their business. That says something. If you say it's maybe the hottest you've ever been, Dan, you've been doing this, like you said, about three decades now. That is absolutely insane. Dan Barkley, BMO Capital Markets. Dan, have a great Friday, a good weekend. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Brian. All right, you're welcome. Well, we are just getting going on this Friday. And when we come back, it is the good, the bad, and the ugly, at least when it comes to this morning's Big Money Movers. We'll give you the names to watch coming up. Plus, an inside look at the red-hot housing market. The CEO of Taylor Morrison joins us live in a Worldwide Exchange exclusive. And later on, throwing a little bit of cold water on Amazon's hot quarter after a first quarter trouncing of the numbers. top rank analyst Scott Mushkin on the biggest risk facing Amazon as it puts up some monster numbers. We've got a busy hour still ahead. And we're going to roll on with Dow Futures down 52. We're back right after this. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, welcome back. It is time now for a check on your Friday big money movers. Three stock names you need to know. Let's go. Stock number one, Gilead. First quarter revenue falling a little short of forecast. 
Gilead said the pandemic hurt sales of its flagship, flagship HIV and hepatitis C drugs, of those that were partially offset by the sale of its COVID treatment remdesivir, the stock down about 1.5%. Stock number two, Western Digital. Shares are rallying after the maker of data storage products reporting better than expected third quarter results. Western Digital also guiding fourth quarter numbers above analyst estimates. Stock responding. Western Digital up 5%. And stock three, Skyworks Solutions. It's down. Second quarter results failing to impress investors, just narrowly beating forecasts. And these days, a narrow beat is not enough. The wireless chip maker also guiding third quarter profit and revenue slightly higher. But again, investors saying, eh, we needed more. Skyworks down 7.5%. All right, still on deck. Break out the big hats and fill up that mint julep, y'all. The Kentucky Derby is back in a big way. We have a live report with Frank Holland coming up next. Today's big number, $350 million. That's how much victims of ransomware paid in cryptocurrency last year, according to a report by the Ransomware Task Force. That's three times the amount paid in 2019. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Well, maybe hard to believe, but it's true. The 147th running of the Kentucky Derby is tomorrow. It was held in September last year. But now with COVID on the run, the run for the roses can again return to spring where it belongs. And thanks to vaccines and a huge drop in cases, it is also mostly a return to normal this year with, of course, some caveats. Frank is in Kentucky and has more on the race and the economic importance of the event and I myself, my friend, am incredibly jealous that you are at Churchill Downs. What a weekend. Yeah, it's a beautiful sight, Brian. My very first time here, but certainly not the first time this event's been held, but it's the first time since the pandemic. And more than $400 million in economic impact is generated by the Kentucky Derby pre-COVID. This year, with capacity capped at right around 50%, and the pandemic really reducing the desire to stay in hotels and to travel and to dress up for large public gatherings, that impact's expected to only be about a fraction, 35 million. Now, this is a problem facing many other cities all around the nation. For example, the Miami Boat Show, that was canceled. The state losing 850 million in economic impact. Now, the big tech state fair in Dallas and the Pride Parade in the Bay, they're just two examples of revenue generators that might not quite be the same. It's hitting the hospitality industry the hardest. For example, here in Louisville, the Derby Hotel occupancy is right around 65%. Normally, it'd be at 99 to 100%. Events like this, they also provide a boost to the gig economy with rates and demand for rideshare and Airbnbs spiking here in Louisville in previous years. Same for other cities with big events. And so far this year, rideshare drivers, they tell me it's elevated, but not quite what it used to be. According to the Chamber of Commerce, it's also harder this year for businesses of all sizes to plan and to staff. 
do you invest in the Derby weekend? How many people do you hire? And really, the workforce issue here in Kentucky has been a real struggle with so many people out of the workforce over the last year. Finding the workers to make sure that we can pull off Derby weekend has been a struggle. And this change for publicly celebrated events and other holidays really impacts a lot of alcohol stocks as well. Brown Foreman, the maker of Woodford Reserve, the official bourbon sponsor here, says derby parties around the world, that's really a peak time for their business. Looking ahead, the pandemic impact on Cinco de Mayo parties, likely to impact the parent company of Jose Cuervo Tequila and Corona maker Constellation Brands. Brian, back over to you. All right, Frank. Well, listen, since the last time the Kentucky Derby had fans in the stands, there has obviously been a lot of social change in this country. So how has the Derby responded? Well, Brian, by really leaning into the Derby's black history right here, this is an example of one way that they're doing it. The sponsor, Woodford Reserve, selling these $1,000 to $2,500 mint julep cups. The $2,500 ones are gold. This one is a silver one. And these are raising money to celebrate black jockeys and preserve the heritage of them. Believe it or not, Brian, 13 out of the first 15 riders in the first Kentucky Derby were black jockeys. The first winner was a black jockey. Uh, racism and Jim Crow chased many of these people out the sport, but now there's a big effort to preserve their legacy. Back over to you. Amazing work. But wait, did you say that the goblet is a thousand and there's a gold one for twenty five hundred? Yeah, this one's a thousand. This one, this one's a thousand right here. Uh, the gold one's twenty five hundred. I got some other stuff over here. I'm going to show you. It comes with uh, a mixer, and I don't even know what to call this, but it kind of represents the black jockeys here. Obviously, the run for the roses. Very intricate, very beautiful, and this makes it. They they also give you the stuff for a cherries and cream mint julep. I wonder if that's the silks of some of the earlier. I mean, I'd be curious that it looks like some of the the the, the silks from the horses. Yeah. That's amazing stuff. Yeah, paying tribute you know, to, that, to that, the that, yeah, And beautiful. by the way, you're, you're going to like this, Frank, and I hope you see what I'm going to do right now. You ready? I hope that that cup okay. is made of essential quality. The name of the horse <laughs> favored. The favorite. At two to one tomorrow. Brent, I'll, I'll put a couple of bucks down for you. Oh, I'm going to put a couple. Sports betting is legal in New Jersey, my friend. I'm throwing some coin down, but not on essential <laughs> qualities. No real payoff there. Frank, we hope to see you in the stands, by the way. We can catch the Derby, all the coverage on NBC tomorrow, 2.30 Eastern. Frank, have a great weekend, buddy. Have a good time. Thank you. There we go. Yeah, coverage kicks off tomorrow at 2.30. A lot of wagers put down on that race. All right, it's good to see it back. Well, from Kentucky to Green Bay and some drama around the Packers. Let's get more on that and other top headlines this morning. NBC's Francis Rivera is in New York now with those. Good morning, Francis. Hey, Brian, good morning to you. We start with breaking news this morning. A religious celebration turns tragic in Israel. This was the chaotic scene as emergency crews try to rescue the dozens of injured. More than 40 people were trampled to death. At least 150 more were hospitalized. This was one of the largest gatherings since the country's reopening. Local media estimated the crowd at 100,000 people. LGBTQ residents of Virginia will soon have a permanent voice in Virginia's executive branch. The state will soon be the first state in the South with an LGBTQ 
LGBTQ Advisory Board. It was signed into legislation by Governor Ralph Northam this week. The 26-person board is expected to be in place July 1st and will advise him on issues between the Commonwealth and the LGBTQ community. Around the NFL, Aaron Rodgers' relationship with the Packers has reportedly crumbled, citing sources. ESPN is reporting the quarterback does not want to return to Green Bay this season. You got to look at the dollars involved here, and if that amount would have fixed it, Brian, we send it back to you. I think he wants to be the new host of Jeopardy. Apparently, hosting Celebrity Jeopardy, Francis, and getting some rave reviews. Well, you know what he did, along with a host of other people, that, and along with everything else. But wow, we'll watch that saga and how that ends. If I could ask people questions for a lot of money or get freight trained by a 280-pound linebacker. I think I know which one I'm going for, Francis (laughs) Rivera. Thank you you very much. Sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's been in the league a long time, by the way. Taking a lot of big hits. See what happens up there in Green. I know I got a lot of Wisconsin fans. Not happy, but hey, guy's taking a lot of big shots in his time. All right. Straight ahead. The happiest place on earth. Happy again. Back open for business and maybe not a moment too soon. Plus, we have a Friday deal. Nestle buying the core brands of Bountiful, the vitamins maker, for just under $6 billion. And a reminder, if you're one of the four or five people in the world that haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, come on, just do it. Round it out. It's called Worldwide Exchange. We're back after this. Dow Futures down 54. Amazing Amazon. Bezos' baby destroying earnings estimates, sales setting records. You've got to hear to believe. But your guess says it may not be a reason to buy the stock right now. Blazing, scorching, sizzling. No, not just Amazon. The American housing market. The CEO, Taylor Morrison, is here on how long it might last. And Twitter tanks shares down as investors grow frustrated with the company. We'll tell you why the shares are down more than 11% on this Friday, April 30th. This is Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. All right, welcome or welcome back, everybody, and good Friday morning. Thanks for joining us. I'm Brian Sullivan. Let's get right to a check on your Friday money on this final dating trading day of the week and the month. And we are seeing futures down, but not down as much as they were. They were off over 100. We started the show barely down right now. In fact, fair value for the NASDAQ actually slightly in the green. So we're not going to call it flat. But we'll call it close to flat, rounding out. How about that? Now, overall, we'll see if the markets can continue their recent run. The Nasdaq's been on a tear. It is up more than 6% this month. Doesn't sound like a lot. Annualize that out. That's a 72% annual gain. That's probably not going to happen, but it's been a great month. It's also on pace for the sixth positive month in a row. That's the longest win streak for the Nasdaq since its seven-month streak ended in 2018. So if we gain in May as well, the NASDAQ, or I guess we'll have to dig out the record books, we'll have to dig in to figure out what the next record it may break is. Six straight higher months on pace to get close to that record of, well, three years ago, but still, it's something, and it's been a great run for your money. Now, it's been a huge week for many asset classes, not just the NASDAQ. In fact, the NASDAQ doesn't even make the top Look at these gains this week, including moves this morning. Ethereum, wow, up 21% this week. Natural gas, 
6.5%. Bitcoin, 9.5%. And crude oil is up 4%. In fact, if you look at a macro screen, as, as we do because we're geeks and that's what we do, the only thing that is down this week is gold. And it's down like a quarter of 1%, but still down a little bit, although up a little bit today. But it's been a great week for almost every asset class. All right, let's get to some of this morning's top stories. And good news, Disneyland reopens today in Anaheim, California. And the park is already seeing sold out weekends as the reopening also brings new technology tools, a new app to navigate the park and the upcoming Avengers campus. Disney has seen over $7 billion in park-related losses through the end of last year, but it is reopening and it is sold out. The FAA is investigating the origins of a grounding issue on dozens of Boeing 737 MAX planes. The agency says that certain jets have insufficient electrical grounding in their cockpits, which could ultimately affect engine systems if not addressed. Boeing also announcing it has paused deliveries of some new MAX planes as it works to fix the problem. The 737 MAX has been just absolutely riddled with problems since the plane first launched. And BioNTech CEO says he is confident the company's vaccine works against the so-called double mutant strain found in India. CEO Igor Sahin telling CNBC the vaccine, produced in collaboration, of course, with Pfizer, this is the Pfizer vaccine, had been tested against similar types of strains, and the data will be made available in the coming weeks. The Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine is currently not available in India. But just keep in mind, folks, you hear a lot about these scary words like double mutants, variants, etc. There are more than 4,000 evolutions of the COVID virus out in the world right now. And by the way, that is something that we see with viruses throughout history. So some good news, perhaps, on that vaccine front in relation to yet another strain that we are seeing in India right now. Let's hope. And let's hope, by the way, they can get that vaccine. All right, now let's turn to Amazon. And if we needed more proof that it's Amazon's world and we're all just shopping in it, Well, we got it last night. Amazon absolutely obliterated every single expectation for the quarter. Here you go. Sales, $108.5 billion, up 44% from one year ago. Operating income, $8.9 billion. That's against Amazon's own forecast of a range of $3 to $6.5 billion. It was nearly triple the low end of Amazon's own estimates. But this is even more remarkable. Profits? or $15.79 a share. The estimate, $9.54. Consider that. Amazon, one of the biggest companies in the world, beat the top estimate by 50%. Let's bring in Scott Mushkin, R5 Capital founder and CEO. It's good to see you again. Scott, I I really just can't get my head around these numbers. It's not obviously just because the government, you know, locked down a bunch of other businesses and Amazon was one of the few that was open because that would have been true a year ago, not last quarter. How are these numbers so big? I mean, it's amazing. Thanks thanks for having me. Um, I mean, the numbers are almost mind boggling to understand how a company this big can grow this fast at this stage as we're reopening up. Um, I think it goes to the idea that maybe they just don't have much competition out there. Um, and the desire for people to you know, shop online is still very strong. Um, you know, but talking to the company uh, last night, I think one of the most amazing things going on here is the size and being able to do what they do and have so we call it the Kraken. They have so many tentacles all over the place. 
it's just kind of defying what we think we know about corporations. Um, the fact that you're seeing them grow so fast uh, in so many different areas um, with the size of the company. And it's just pretty amazing. I think one of the untold stories of Amazon is the culture Jeff Bezos and his team put together here. Um, like I said, kind of defying what we, what we think we know about corporations, that they should slow down as they get this big. Yeah, I mean, and we understand the momentum. Uh, Scott, you know, everything toward the end of last March, a year ago, especially in April and May around the country, got pretty much shut down, some for weeks, some still going on. Right. Amazon picked up a lot of new business. Everybody started ordering. I guess the question is, do we have any visibility onto the sustainability of these types of numbers? As we, quote, I hate the term, reopen, will Amazon lose those customers? Or have we all just now realize, you know what? I'm not going to go to the grocery store for basic stuff. I'm just going to use my Prime account and get paper towels delivered to me every week. What's our visibility on Amazon? So one of the things I discussed with them last night is that, you know, the, the next day promise kind of slipped a little bit during the pandemic. But one of the key things that they're doing is building a tremendous amount of infrastructure. I mean, it's just, again, insane how much infrastructure they're building. Um, but that really, their goal ultimately is same day. Um, and when they, they think they're kind of the demand curve, they believe as they get faster and faster, their market opportunity grows. Um, and so I think that's one of their big, but they'll even say, like, listen, it's in theory. Um, we believe that if we get the time down that we're going to be able to grow our market pretty quickly. Um, and you got to say it's, you know, it, almost instantaneously, if you order from Amazon in a lot of big metropolitan areas, their goal is to get you that stuff very, very quickly, almost getting rid of the need. And, you know, one of the things that R5 Capital does is we do a lot of consumer research. And one of the things our consumer research suggests is that shopping for consumables is a have to do, not a want to do. Um, about 35% of the population says they really don't want to go to the store to buy things like toilet paper and, uh, and eggs. They'd rather have it delivered. Um, and that's made just a huge opportunity. Yeah. Right now, Amazon's, Amazon's market share in that type of consumables is you know, still probably mid-teens. So they have, yeah. uh, and, and a lot of their, a lot of the stuff, as our viewers know, it defaults to subscribe and save. You know, you got to actually change the box so you don't just automatically get this stuff every week or every month. Scott, very quickly, do we buy the stock here at thirty five hundred a share? And we think a lot of this is reflected. I mean, we certainly wouldn't be selling it. Um, you know, we we wouldn't put new incremental money into Amazon, but uh, you know, we want to pull back. We saw you know significant pullback if you're nimble. Uh, we'd say get in. Um, but, you know, right now at 3,500, we think a lot of it's reflected. All right. Well said. No doubt, by the way, a lot of people have retired on this stock, probably buying giant mansions if they bought the company back in the late 90s or early aughts. Scott Mushkin, R5 Capital. Scott, a real pleasure. What a quarter from Amazon. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. We appreciate it. All right. Oh, you're very welcome. Coming up, your morning RBI. And one day after the latest CNBC stocks draft, we'll take you back to the very first one. And the winning stock that keeps on winning. Do you remember who won the very first stocks draft back in 2012? Well, that's the chart. We'll show you the name. But as we head to break, more key headlines happening right now on this Friday. The EU's antitrust chief hold a news conference at 7 a.m. Eastern today. She's expected to charge Apple for anti-competitive practices on its app store. Meantime, Alibaba reportedly freezing pay raises for senior execs this year and instead giving junior staff more money. The company trying to keep workers amid China's crackdown on big tech. And check this out. 
Volkswagen is now under investigation by the Securities and Exchange Commission for the Volkswagen April Fool's prank gone wrong. That's right. The SEC is poking around whether that prank impacted the stock price and whether it actually broke any securities laws. Remember, many news outlets, including us and the AP, said the company lied to them about whether or not it was real. Said, is it real? They said, yeah, it's real. It wasn't real. And now they're getting investigated by the SEC. You go, Volkswagen. Worldwide Exchange is back right after this. All right, welcome back. One stock that you need to pay attention to right now amid all the big earnings reports is Twitter. Twitter, not included in that list of big earnings reports. Investors disappointed with the numbers, disappointed with the growth, and worried about the company's ability to grow. A lot of toxic content online. Twitter shares down 3.5% or 11.5% right now to 57.50. Twitter, a stock to watch and not in a good way. I guess unless you're short the stock, by the way, and the CFO will be on squawk. All right, now let's talk something that is growing, housing. Taylor Morrison Homes out with earnings. And like housing, it has been red hot for the company. Orders at Taylor Morrison up 30% from last year. Its backlog jumped a stunning 54%. Let's bring in the company's CEO once again, Cheryl Palmer, joining us now in a Worldwide Exchange exclusive. Cheryl, uh, thank you very, very much for joining us at this odd hour where you are. We appreciate it. Uh, have you ever seen a market like this? Oh, good morning, Brian. It's, it's just wonderful to be here. Yeah, it's a unique market today for certain. And yeah, we are so undersupplied um, as a marketplace really across the country. We're seeing it across all of our consumer segments. We're seeing it across all of our geographies. We just have no supply in either the new home or the resale market today. Who are the buyers? Are they really people, you know, fleeing cities or are they people that simply are looking for a newer, bigger or better home? (laughs) Well, that's a great question, Brian, because it's really a little bit of everything. So where do I start? If I think about our quarter, you know, we had the greatest year over year growth amongst that first time buyer, but it was closely followed by our 55 plus, what I would call our lifestyle community buyers. They were both up well over 50% year over year. Um, A little bit more understandable with that lifestyle buyer, because when COVID happened last spring, they were the first to retreat and really um, not get out in the marketplace. When I think across the geographies, we're seeing migration patterns that we haven't seen before. You know, generally, I think we would see somewhere between 10 and 15 percent out-of-state buyers across our markets. And today, or this last quarter, that was um, nearly 20 percent. And I think the reason why, Brian, I mean, there's so many, right? There's what people learned about their home during COVID. There's this remote work environment. So there's a number of different factors driving it. There's the importance of health and safety in their home, which you and I have talked about before. That drove us to bring TM Livewell, you know, healthy living inside the home. Yeah, I mean, we all were looking for more space, obviously, Cheryl, during the pandemic. You know, you got a couple of kids in the next room trying to, you know, quote, learn virtually while, while both parents are trying to work. You just simply need more room. But we have highlighted the price of lumber on this show. 
I mean, we highlighted this week the price of everything is up. How much more expensive is it for you to build a home now? And are you able to raise the price enough to cover your higher input costs, Cheryl? Yeah, I think we've been able to keep prices just above cost, Brian. And yeah, as you mentioned, we've seen over the last four, five, six months, that's probably what I've never seen in my career before, is lumber to move at the level that it has. You know, we're very anxious to see full capacity back domestically. I think if we can get the full supply on, we can get lumber to level out a bit. Um, You know, because right Uh now, like I said, even though um, costs are rising, when you look at the limited supply, prices are up. But I think what we really have to keep our eye on, Brian, is affordability. And when I look, you know, year over year, given the benefit of interest rates that we're seeing today, the consumer is still ahead of where they were last year. If I think about the buying power they have today over a year ago. And even if I think about the affordability index that just got published um, from the National Association of Realtors, we're still well above from an affordability standpoint, long-term averages. Yeah, you know, it used to be you walk around the house, you sort of poke around and say, imagine the picture here on the wall, whatever. But now everything is online. It's digital. Some people are buying homes without ever setting foot in a house. You guys are launching a new e-commerce tool for housing. How does it work exactly? What can I do for my phone to buy, you know, to probably the biggest investment that many of our viewers will ever make in their lives? Oh, Brian, it's just, it's a new day. And you know, what you said is so critical. Do it from your phone. Because even though we've just added, which I can't wait to tell you about, this new opportunity for our, for our customers, what we're really finding is all of our virtual tools, they're really utilizing their phone to interact with us. So over the last many months, we've added a number of new virtual tools from appointments online to reserving inventory homes online, or you could go to one of our chat bot or go to one of our communities on your own time and have a self-guided tour. But just about three, four weeks ago, we added a new tool, and that is where you really have the opportunity to build your home online. So you can go online you can either pick the floor plan of your choice and then select a lot that that will mm-hmm. fit on. Or you can go the other way. First, start with the lot that's on that home site that's so important to you. Then pick the home. Then pick the elevation. You reserve it. You put it in your shopping wow. cart. Reserve it. And we can you know, send you a contract just immediately. Over the last many months, Brian, we've had hundreds and hundreds of buyers buy homes sight unseen. You know, a year, 18 months ago. Uh, that is a, we're we're that. seeing the video, Cheryl. It's pretty amazing. I mean, I'm used to putting like paper towels in my shopping cart. Now people are throwing <laughs> homes in their shopping cart. It's pretty It's a pretty incredible what, what, what the technology can do. And by the way, pretty incredible numbers you guys are putting up. Cheryl Palmer, thank you again for joining us. Always a pleasure. Red Hot Housing Market. Cheryl, have a great weekend. Thank you. Take care. Good to see you. All right. Thank you. All right. On deck. We get in the CNBC time machine and head back to the year 2012. The winning name in the first ever CNBC stocks draft that keeps on winning today. Remember who it was? We'll tell you. And we're leading up to the launch of a special event, Inspiring America. It'll highlight extraordinary people making positive impacts in their communities. This morning, taking a sneak peek as Lester Holt speaks with Hamilton creator Lin-Manuel Miranda. 
What's your inspirational message to the world? Oh, you just have to make what's missing. Uh, that, that's, that's really the guiding principle if... Um, and I extend it even to myself. If you've seen the heights and say, oh, I love those stories, but my story isn't in there, you have to get to work and write what's missing. I started writing in the heights because I didn't see stories like that in this art form I loved so much. And I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, what the next generation makes. It's, it's make what they haven't seen. You seem like a guy that's always been full of big ideas and, and hurrying to, to do what you want to do. Are you an impatient person? <laughs> I'm both patient and very impatient. You know, I, um, I, I work in an art form where I know it's going to take me minimum three, four years to make the thing. <laughs> you know, uh, I would say In the Heights took up my 20s and Hamilton took up my 30s and I'm staring down my 40s. <laughs> I don't know what... Yeah, the... I mean, the journey from the idea to actually on Broadway... Takes a lot it's a of long time. Run. I'm going to tell Lin-Manuel Miranda, the 40s aren't so bad. The 40s feel kind of good. All right, for more from Lin-Manuel Miranda and many other incredible individuals, look at that inspiring America. The 2021 Inspiration List airs tomorrow, NBC at 8 p.m., right here Sunday on CNBC at 3 p.m. Eastern Time as well. Look at all those amazing folks up there. Hear their stories across the entire NBC platform. And we're back after this. It is time now for your morning RBI. And like yesterday, today we're talking about drafts. No, not the NFL draft like we hit Thursday, but something far bigger, the CBC Stocks Draft. If you missed it yesterday on Power Lunch, they rolled out the draft back after a COVID hiatus last year. Ten players picked two stocks and hold them until the Super Bowl, winner take all. And the first pick went to our friend Tim Seymour, who despite the name Stocks Draft, didn't pick a stock at all. He went with Bitcoin. It was a bold pick. But like our football trivia yesterday, here's some stocks draft trivia. The very first pick in the very first stocks draft back in April of 2012, remember that? It was Herb and Jim and Mandy and myself, was BlackBerry Maker Research in Motion. That's right. Oh, how far we have come. But the very first winner was that guy right there. Boom bust blog author and investor Reggie Middleton. He picked Google. And what a pick it was. Not just since then, since the first ever pick in the draft, Google, or Alphabet, whatever you want to call it, shares are up 700%. Put another way, if you bought 100 shares of Google at the start of the first stocks draft, paying 30000 bucks at the time, you had 30000 bucks, you threw it into Google, you'd have $240,000 today, a $210,000 gain for just buying a stock and doing nothing. Pretty cool, right? The power of compound returns and the markets. So the draft is not just fun and games, although it is. There is some potentially serious money to be made. So good luck to everyone in this year's stocks draft. And maybe we should bring Reggie back for an encore at some time. Congrats. Reggie Middleton won in the first ever stocks draft back in 2012. Well, someone who is in our stocks draft again this year is our friend Stephanie Link. Chief Investment Strategist at Hightower. She's also a CNBC contributor, an all-around star, and she joins us now. Uh, Stephanie, it was good to see you yesterday. It's changed a bit. It's a lot more sort of, you know, high-powered, you know, Petronem, COVID, whatever. A lot of the teams in the draft this year went with things like Bitcoin, Tim's first pick, and Tesla, and Tilray. You picked relatively old-school stocks, Boeing 
and Las Vegas Sands. We're going to fly to Vegas and we're going to gamble there. Is this sort of the, the reopening <laughs> trade in the draft? Yeah, I was I was surprised at all the choices. Um, I think they're all good choices. Everybody being really great uh, points. Um, they're a little bit more momentum uh, versus what I am. I'm trying to find stocks that are kind of still like depressed, if you will. And I do believe very strongly in the reopen trade, just given what we're seeing on the economic momentum. So yeah, I mean, look, Boeing is the ultimate reopen stock. Um, they uh, will they will benefit from travel recovering. Leisure's already recovering. Business travel is going to be more in the next couple of quarters. But look, they fixed the 737 MAX issues and the production rates are still exactly in line with expectations of 31 production of 737 MAXs by 2022. They've gotten 787 fixed, 777. So there's a couple catalysts there for the company. They've had great orders in terms of from Southwest and Ryanair and and even Asia's Silkway Air uh, uh, they've gotten some orders from. So why that's important though, Brian, is because the inventory levels will start to shrink, which means free free cash flow goes up. And that's what this stock trades on. So that's my, I I really like the Boeing name, but I also like Las Vegas Sands too. It's kind of fun. It is fun, right? It's fun to think about because there's a lot of people out there. And listen, unfortunately, negative headlines get the headlines. And we'll never go back to the way it was again. That's horse pucky. I remember hearing that after 9-11. New York will never go back to the way it was. It did. 2008, housing bus. Well, housing will never go back to the way it was. It did. And then some. We will get yes. back to everything the way it was. It may take some time, but that's why I think you're buying a Marriott. You're buying a win in addition to LVS. You're buying five years out, are you not, Stephanie? Oh, absolutely. And I will tell you that while Las Vegas remains depressed, Las Vegas Sands, they're actually selling assets in Las Vegas, right? They just made a big sale of $6.25 billion in Las Vegas in one of their, in, in their properties. And they're going to put that money into Asia. And why that's interesting is because Macau already is seeing an improvement. Total revenues in the quarter in Macau grew 15% sequentially. I know against really low expectations, but this is where you want to be because Macau is going to recover first. Then you're going to get Las Vegas. Mm. And so I, I think like this one, yeah, it's only up 2%, by the way. Totally um, has underperformed the group, and I like the low expectations. Yeah, I like it. By the way, speaking of getting out there, okay, a lot of people were, you know, locked down in certain parts of the country. They're going to be, if you're single, you're getting out there, and you're going to go to TJ Maxx, you're going to buy a new shirt, and you're going to go on a date that you set up <laughs> on Match. <laughs> You're speaking my entire portfolio. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, I think TJX, they want to they want the treasure, the treasure hunt. People like to go to that those stores. And oh, by the way, it's a hidden housing place. So to your last segment, they benefit as housing continues to recover. Right. And yeah, match. I think, yeah, people are going to get out out and about. And uh, I like spins. Right. And this one was a was a spin out. There you go. LVS, Boeing, and the stocks draft. Good luck. I hope you win, Stephanie. Good luck to you, by the way, in that. Thank you for joining us. Have a great weekend, Steph. Have a good All right. You're very welcome. And, folks, like that, the week is over. By the way, futures down 81 on the Dow. Got some futures expiring today, too. Might be a little volatile toward the end of the session. Keep that in mind. Have an awesome weekend wherever you may be. Be well. We'll see you on Monday. Squawk and the gang. Pick it up next. You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern only on CNBC. Want to make mom's day? 
Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.